Let's go ahead and transition to our clinical issue. And every week we do have a great clinical issue. And, you know, there was an article that came out, Kelly, and, uh, you know, I talked to you about it on October 2nd. And it was a medic that was suspected of drug thefts resigns before the investigation. And I think that regardless of where you've been in your EMS career, there have been times in your experience that someone has tampered with the narcotics that someone has failed to secure their narcotics, Mm -hmm. that people have lost their narcotics. And I got to tell you, there was one time when I was working for a system where we had some challenges securing our narcotics. And our medical director said, how will you like it if I take those narcotics away from you? Now, we have to understand that we are operating under a medical director's license. We are operating under a medical director's DEA license. And this is their livelihood. This is how they yeah. feed their families. I, and if I, we're, was to, I was about to say, that's, that's the one way we're operating under their license with his, with his DEA license, not his actual medical license. But, but one of the things that we have to look at is the... Well, we pra- no, I mean, we practice medicine. We practice medicine as EMS providers based on his medical license. He gives us the empowerment to go out into the homes as if we were part of that medical director's practice to practice the medicine that we do. And the, given it's delegated practice, but it's... But it- his his license is not really at risk for our screw-ups the legal doctrine being you know i'm not my brother's keeper but if, if we don't if we don't have adequate safeguards on our narcs uh yeah his his dea uh, uh prescribing licenses is at risk and uh in every so that's, contract that's the of the rule. in every contract you're going to find you're going to find an indemnification clause that says by the agency that they're going to indemnify that medical director in the case of malpractice in the case of but anyway let's go ahead and and digress you know back we digress from forgetting off the subject where we were but get off tangent back on the subject exactly thank you for playing that that was put in pure occasion right there folks so but let me say this you know i don't know that we really take this this charge with as much responsibility as we need to you know again one of the things that i asked my medical director is why do you put your medical license why do you put your dea license on the line for us uh, as ems providers and i want to hear the reason they do that and it's my job as a chief of ems now to ensure that when he puts his head down at two o'clock in the morning that he can sleep and know that his livelihood isn't going to be affected by people who are uh, irresponsible with his narcotics and you know in this article where we talk about a medic is suspected of drug thefts resigns before investigation we have these going on in the systems right now and i think we there really has to be an overhaul of how we deal with narcotics from the sense of securing from the sense of ensuring we're not, we're not taking them home at the end of our shifts to the sense of even giving narcotics when they need to be given um i think this is a big problem in our career field I think uh, I think it is unconscionable that this guy was allowed to resign without further investigating. Um, you know, I, I've been in in that sort of situation, not personally, but uh, my uh, one of my first uh, employers in EMS found one of their senior medics, uh, his partner found him on the floor of the bathroom with a uh, needle and half filled syringe of morphine still in his arm. He was shooting up his own drugs and replacing them with saline. And they told him to uh, 
they gave him a choice. We won't prosecute if you get off the streets. So they gave him a job in dispatch and let him keep his job in dispatch for several years, uh, let his, his paramedic cert lapse. And then, you know, three, three years, four years after the fact, he applied as a lapsed paramedic, retook his national registry exam and was back on the street with another agency. You know, and that's just, he, he paid no price uh, uh, for his crime. Uh, and you have an admitted uh, and possibly even uh, still on drug user back on the streets. There's something to be said for self-reporting. I believe that if a, if a medic or an EMT has a substance abuse problem, view our people as our most precious resource, that we owe it to them to, to um, help them with, with their substance abuse problems if they come to us for help. So there should be an uh, employee assistance program and there should be some type, some type of non-criminal action taken if the medic self-reports. If he comes to you and says, Chris, you know, I got a problem with, uh, I got a problem with substance abuse and, and uh, I'm, I'm hooked on, uh, on you know, uh, Norco or Percocet and uh, the other day I, I uh, took some leftover morphine and took it home with me and I need help. You know, that guy probably doesn't need to be in the criminal justice system. But if someone is caught before he self-reports, they catch him taking drugs out of the safe. This medic was was caught. He needs to be put in jail and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And not only that, we need to make the prosecution public as a public way of saying this is what we do to people who break the law. I have no sympathy whatsoever for someone who gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar and is only repentant because they got caught.